Snowball Spa. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now, here's the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Cow with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. And a good Thursday morning out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to the Skinny on Sports, right here on 98.1 FM, the Sports Animal. Glad to have you along for the next hour. Did we see the greatest strikeout of all time last night? Did you happen to Did you happen to catch this? No. It was no. Diamondbacks v Giants. Slade, I'm going to say Chaconi. Chaconi was the pitcher. His first career MLB strikeout. Cool. Save the save the ball for that. Yeah, you know how it happened. So he's a right-handed pitcher. Lamont Wade Jr. for the Giants is a left-handed batter with two strikes on him. He throws what looks like to be maybe an inside cut fastball. What kind of like starts it at him and cut over the inside part of the plate. You know. Mm-hmm. And it looks like it's going to hit him. Wade like leans back to get out of the way. It barely nubs the end of the bat. Goes straight down into the crotchal area of Jose Herrera, who then squeezes his legs together because it hurts, and the like, ball never but, hits the but, ground. But he got, but he caught it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that's called good kegel muscles right there that's i mean it was nuts dude <laughs> it was nuts for sure <laughs> that's awesome it was that's nuts. his first strike his first yeah oh man do you really want the ball after all that yeah probably not <laughs> <laughs> i have the catcher can we get a fresh one yeah <laughs> anyhow that was pretty that's cool crazy. we will talk a little baseball and will's already blowing up the dadgum text line and i was going <laughs> to mention his cubbies look out 36 runs in two games. I don't think that's happened since like 1897. It's been a while back. The question on the table is this, and I'm afraid you're not going to like the answer from a lot of people. What's the team that's currently in first place that won't win their division? I mean, I, I mean I'm I mean, sorry. No, 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 no. That's not the question I want to ask. Oh. What's a team that's not in first place that'll win their division? Oh, right. I, right I now. And then also, is there a first place team that could be in danger of missing the playoffs altogether? So we can look at the standings and kind of go from there. Uh, will somebody please call the Wambulance? Wow. The entirety of the <laughs> Florida State universe needs it. You see all this yesterday, the blatant whining from the president to some different people uh, on the board of trustees. Yeah, that's a true statement. Sam just texted. I just saw the tweet I that we'll get to. Efforting the, the X. Is that what's called yeah, now? The I, X. I just saw that. I was going to get to that right off the top. Are they going to change the uh, – the, do you have to still have to type in Twitter? or the Twitter.com. You don't have to type in XXX or anything. Uh, probably that, that a bad might, idea. That might be a bad idea. They already took down his sign from San Francisco. That. I saw that. Uh, they anyways. can take care of that sign, but they take, can't take care of the homeless. Go ahead. Better right underneath the sign more than likely. Probably. Probably crapping on the street. Probably. Uh, Florida State upset with their media rights deal. What can they do? Can they do anything? 
Um, did you see the position U rankings that came out at ESPN website yesterday? I did not uh, click on it, but I saw OU was what quarterback barely QB quarterback U. Yes. Yeah. Then also, big updated news on the Western Oklahoma Realty College Pick'em prize pack is official. So stay tuned. That's I'll tell gonna you. be cool. Stay tuned, and I'll tell you what that is Man. later on in the show. Also, hope people are listening. Football's back, kind of tonight. Jets Browns Hall of Fame game. We haven't really talked much NFL, so we'll do a little bit today, right off the top of the show. What are your th- What are the three biggest storylines in your mind heading into the NFL season? We'll talk best and worst divisions. And why are people acting like Dak Prescott is as bad as Baker Mayfield? Two two five nine six nine eight is the phone or the text line. That's two two five nine six nine eight. Give us a call, shoot us a text. We can talk about any of those things. Whatever else might be on your mind, feel free to chime right in at two two five nine six nine eight. If you're going to be outside the listening area, stay in touch with us multiple ways. You can log on to kadsam.com. You can download the app. The app's got it all. Radio Penny News. Check out a your fresh copy of the Penny News right now at your favorite local newsstands, or you can look online, thepennynews.com. Big Elk and Paragon TV. Gosh, I went to a, a booster club meeting last night for football. That made you know that it's getting pretty close. I, too, was at a booster club Were meeting. you? Yeah. Well, I wasn't running it. That's the difference between me and you. <laughs> uh, but anyhow, of course, Coach Maynard on yesterday. You can go back and check that out on the podcast. If you missed that interview, I thought he was great, excited. So Big Elk TV, I mean, when we get in here tomorrow morning, it's going to be three weeks before the start of the Big Elk football season. And then, of course, I mentioned the podcast. You can find those anywhere podcasts are. Jared, <clears throat> breaking news. Dun, 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 Have you dun, seen this? Dun, 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 just now. I mean, I've got, uh, right as we came on the air, I see John Hoover. I would John Hoover is a, I would say he he is a guy that we could trust. He's pretty reliable. Pretty reliable, Joey Helmer. Across who's, the world, right? Who yeah, you got Joey Helmer, who is the guy that's on. Well, the Jenny broadcast. Carlson just tweeted it. Like Jenny Carlson five seconds ago, or yeah. The news is in the softball world. The University of Oklahoma has a new pitcher via I thirty five. Oklahoma State's Kelly Maxwell has entered the portal and has found her home in. Norman, is this the most high-profile bedlam switch so far in the portal era? Well, Trace Ford was the highest. I think this is way higher than that. When it comes to what a player means for a team, absolutely. It's huge. That is huge. It's big news. Doug Gottlieb's head is going to explode today. No, he's going to take her jacket. Oh, no. Take her jacket. By the way, there's always rumblings, but that's the thing. I mean, that you know, in any sport, like when Alabama or Georgia now is at the top of the heap of the of their sport, when someone enter, enters a portal, everyone kind of is looking over it. Well, do you think they're anyone of substance enters the portal? You think they're going to try to go to one of those teams? Same thing here. When Maxwell entered the portal, everyone kind of rumbled. She might be going to OU. And then when Ball left, I think Ball left first. Mm-hmm. So they're like, well, this just lines up just right. They need a pitcher. They need an ace. Kelly Maxwell. But at this point, is it's hard. 
to say no to OU with everything they've done and everything they're getting, new stadium and everything. Just won three in a row. But, yeah, this is big when it comes to, to rivals. No doubt. <laughs> and Bedlam. <laughs> and perfect timing for us because guess who's on the show tomorrow? Oh, that's right. Elkett softball coach Caleb Murray. I mean, this is like perfect time. Kenny Gajewski, but Not Kenny. Not Kenny. Caleb even, Murray even is. Tomorrow, 9.30. Their season. Um, Monday. Monday. I saw they will be playing at Canute sometime this year. Pretty fun. But uh, yeah, they had a great year last year. I'm anxious to see what I'm anxious to see what they got going this year. Find out starting Monday. Ton to replace off of last year's team. I think they had eight or nine seniors a year ago. I got a feeling they'll be okay. I do too. I'm in the same boat as you. I've Jared. seen enough Elkett softball from the Littles. By now, they're up there in that high school area. Yeah, yeah, it they're going to be fine. That'd be good. Uh, so we'll talk to Coach Murray at nine thirty tomorrow. All right, football's back, sort of tonight browns jets hall of fame game i ask you jared and i ask the listeners to chime in as well on that text line 225-9698 give me your three biggest storylines heading into this nfl season uh just off the top of my head aaron Rodgers is a jet that's number one on J-E-T-S. my list as well T-S. jet jet jets so will it be a former packer like it was brett Favre situation where he was eh or will he continue to be really good? Will he elevate the Jets? And, you know, they got some nice pieces around them. See, that's why it's so interesting because when you watched them last year, they were just like a middle-of-the-road quarterback away from being a really good team. They had one of the best defenses in the league, and they got weapons. Zach Wilson or whoever else was just terrible. And, and honestly, didn't even like – not lose them. They went ahead and just lost them games. Yeah. And so you would one would think, even at his advanced stage of his career, that Aaron Rodgers is surely good enough just not to lose games. And at that point um, you see an eight and nine turn into a what? Eleven and six, ten and seven? Pretty easy. Yeah, I think it's, when fa- you need I think a it's drive, fascinating. When you need a drive, he's a he's still a guy you'd want. You know, there's always that question. You got two minute drill, two minute drive. Who do you want? You know, who are your top three or four quarterbacks, and he's in that conversation. No, 100%. And especially, it's expedited because of, like I said, who he has around him, right? There's, I think so. There's some really good pieces around him. So that's – that's I'm interested in the Jets season this year because of Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I kind of made this an umbrella answer for my second one, but the running backs. Jonathan Taylor, what's going to happen there in Indianapolis? There's a feud or there's a, there's a stalemate there. Does he find a home? Does this go well into the season? I've heard a lot that they're both not budging. So, what happens there? And then, as a running backs, you know, after the whole the, the running back Zoom meeting, what what does the landscape of this season could be big for the landscape of the running back position? You know, there could be a running back that breaks out and just declares, "Listen, we're still important. We still need to get paid." Or it could be, "Hey, we're just going to do running back by committee. Look, we just want a Super Bowl that way." I mean, Kansas City Chiefs, they've won some Super Bowls. Have they had superstar running backs doing it? No. So the running back position this year, what's going to happen there? And then um, this one's kind of offshoot. I did this real quick. But everyone watches the who, you know, who are Super Bowl contenders. But in my mind, too, 
Who's Caleb William contenders? Yeah, I almost put that one down. Who, who's going? Not I'm not saying they'll necessarily actively tank, but when that picture becomes more clear about mid-November, early December of a draft order, you know, does that change? Because you know, that has bigger implications than we think. It's not just about getting a really good quarterback. It could mean getting a coach, coaches getting fired, and going after, say, a Lincoln Riley or or somebody, an up and coming type coach. So there's a, there's a lot of uh, implications to a team, who that team is, getting Caleb Williams. Is it a subpar team that's happy with their coach and they think it's a fer- perfect fit, or is it another situation, let's say like in Arizona, where they went and got Kingsbury and then they went and drafted um, um, Murray? So that's kind of the top three for me: Aaron Rodgers, the running back situation, little offshoot Jonathan Taylor. What's going to happen there? Because honestly, I kind of like to see Jonathan Taylor in a Dallas uniform. And um, what? Who gets Caleb Williams? for all those reasons I mentioned. How about you? Uh, I had Aaron Rodgers number one in New York. Uh, I think it's fascinating to see. My number two was, okay, so if if we put Mahomes, Burrow, or who else? Kind of a, like top-tier quarterbacks? He's a very, right very top. I mean, Mahomes is all by himself. Is Burrow next by himself? And then draw a line to go down to everybody else? Um, yeah. I mean, Rodgers is older. Brady's gone. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. I don't know. Yeah. So racking my I, brain, racking my brain. I mean, the the. <clears throat> I mean, Herbert's done something nobody's ever done, but he's never won a playoff game. Blew what was that lead that he blew to the to Jacksonville? Twenty seven points this year in the wild card round. So my my number two is which young quarterbacks step up into that burrow level is it trevor lawrence is it justin herbert i mean it's asking a ton of any of the rookies most notably like stroud or bryce young but i'll tell you this there's starting to be a bunch of smoke around and when we talk about divisions you'll kind of figure out why but bryce young and the panthers are people are liking what they're seeing out of him at least in the in the camp now Take that for what it's worth, obviously. Every year you get that hyperbole reaction of, oh, he made an incredible throw right. in OTAs. But what? anyhow, we'll see. You know, which one of those? I think the rookie quarterbacks are fascinating because there's a real split. I think a lot of people thought Bryce Young was – they're scared of his size. Mm-hmm. And when you watch – for me, when I watch C.J. Stroud, and especially against the best and the way that he carved Georgia's defense – in that playoff game. And if Marvin Harrison doesn't get targeted and knocked out of the game in the third quarter, I think Ohio State beats Georgia and we're not, you know, what 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 is Georgia now? You know what I'm saying? Right. And so I'm I'm anxious to see those rookies how they separate from from each other and then who can make that leap into like superstardom at the quarterback spot. And for me Lawrence and Herbert are the top two contenders. To do that. No consideration for Hertz. Did uh, get him to a Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I I'm gonna be. Maybe it's stubbornness. May may it maybe I'm just too stubborn. And maybe it's because he plays for the Eagles. <laughs> yeah, I want to see it again. Let's see I'm it again. Right there. I mean, let me. Okay, here's a. 
here's a great question that I saw on the Twitter sphere. But, but in the other side of that, I'm kind of right there with Burrow. He got him to the Super Bowl last year. He didn't. You know, I'm kind of well, right I mean, there. If you're, I'm kind of on that well, precipice it, of, well, is he or isn't he? If getting to the Super Bowl is your only way of being a superstar, no, yeah, then that, know. You know, but, I mean, Mahomes is going to be the only one. Well, yeah, he's, he's the only one. But then you look into the, okay, so next level guys right below him, guys, well, Hurts have been in the Super Bowl. Burrow's been in the Super Bowl two years ago. Then he didn't last year. So it's kind of it's kind of like, I don't say make or break, but this season really could define Hurts and Burrow yeah, it ain't defining Burrow. Burrow's you know? Burrow's the second best quarterback in the league, no matter what happens, in my mind. Josh Allen's on that level too. I forgot Josh Allen. I forgot Josh Allen. He, he's on the Burrow level. Um, let me ask you this: If Hertz was the quarterback at Dallas, and Prescott was the quarterback at, at the Eagles, would Philly still have made the Super Bowl? Oh, that's a great question. The answer is a hundred percent yes. Yeah. A hundred percent, yes. Why? Because of everybody around him. That defense was stupid good. It was good. Yeah. And the weapons that he had were awesome. What we're going to see from him is, is he is he Russell Wilson? Or is he closer to Pat Mahomes? He's getting paid now. What does that mean? Guys go away. Mm, right. So yeah. is, is, is it Jalen Hurts or is it the weapons around him? I tend to believe yeah. it's it, he's better than I thought he would be in, in in the pros. There's no doubt about that. I'm not so sure that he's on that level. I thought you were going to ask if Jalen Hurts, if you switch spots with Hurts and, and Prescott, would Prescott or would Hurts get the same treatment that Dak <laughs> is getting right That'll now? That'll come up. That, no. Uh, yes, the answer is yes there, yeah, too, because absolutely. he's the Dallas Cowboys quarterback. he wears a star on his helmet. Yeah. All right, what's the uh, – my, my, my last is the running backs as well. Is the league turning away? From, I mean, they're obviously trying to um, from a pay scale. Can one of these? Can a Jonathan Taylor, Dalvin Cook, Josh Jacobs, Zeke to a way lesser extent? But can one of those guys make such a difference for a team this year that it stems that tide? I don't know if it, I don't know if it's even possible at this point because it, it, it's such a copycat thing in the league. And every everything kind of kind of ebbs and flows, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's the in vogue thing right now for for running backs not to matter. So I don't know if they can I don't know if they can stem that tide or not. But that's certainly something to look at not only for this year, but then all the way down to junior high football. Is there some kid out there right now going, yeah, I could be a stud running back, but why would I want to do that? You know, and how fast is that? Does this filter down? I think you already see it a little bit in college. With two, three, type you know guys, and so how, how does that affect the long term viability of that that position? What about the division? What do you think is the best division in football? I think it's down to two, but I will lean NFC East. Uh, New York, um, they went and paid their running back. Um, you know, we we've talked about Dallas. I think there are pieces there. If Dak keeps interceptions low, they're really good. And then there's Philly for all the other reasons we've mentioned. They got a lot of pieces around him and in Hertz returning. But question is, can he duplicate what he did last year? Washington's kind of a wild card. So three out of four ain't bad. I think after that is NFC North. 
with uh, the Bengals, Ravens, Steelers. Oh, AFC North. AFC North. Did I say NFC? Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, AFC. I even wrote down <clears throat> AFC. <clears throat> AFC North. Bengals, Ravens, Steelers, Browns. They're kind of the same way. I mean, you got Bengals, Ravens, Steelers all uh, viable to, to make a run and, and get in the playoffs. Who knows? But the Browns are going to brown, you know. So, but – I go for uh, quality and uh, the most te- – like, I mean, listen, NFC East put three in last year. And that complete 180 what they used to be, just horrible. Like, top-heavy, that was it. So, I, I'll i go with that. I think NFC East followed closely by the AFC North. That's, I had three, uh, both of those in there, but behind – I think the AFC, AFC East is the best. Bills, Dolphins, Patriots, and Jets. Yeah. Just because I, I think the if you think the Pats are the worst team in the East, I think they're better than Washington. Well, that's true, you know, and I think they're better than Cleveland. Yeah, I failed to realize that. But then that used to be the easy answer was that that division as the worst forever. Well, I meant like yeah. Well, it was so top heavy. When, yeah, yeah, New England was rampaging through. Yeah, it. but yeah, I, but it, it hinges on a couple of things, which all these kind of do. But the, the Dolphins are so much different. When Tua can play versus when he can't. And can he avoid – I mean, he had, he had like four concussions last year. I'm actually a little bit surprised he's playing. You know, that, mm-hmm. that would have to give you pause. And, and you know, moving forward, if that happens again, you know, how how in danger is Tua's career of being over? But just with, on paper, I think it's the AFC East just barely ahead of the NFC East with the AFC North next – a lot of people are, you know, obviously Baltimore, Cincinnati look like they're shoe-ins to be good teams. A lot of people are high on the Steelers, and we'll see. Uh, that, I think they're more of a question mark than, say, the Jets. More of a question mark than, say, the Giants. Mm-hmm. You know, you mentioned three. that, that You know, the, the NFC had East had three in the playoffs last year. So I'll go that way. What about worst? I think the worst division is easy. Oh, wow. Um Go for it. NFC I didn't, South. I didn't do that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Falcons, Panthers, Saints, Buccaneers. Yes. AFC yes. South is pretty bad, too. Especially if Indianapolis is a dumpster fire with them in Houston, Jacksonville, and Tennessee. And then the, the other one I wrote down, it's, it's amazing how fast they have fallen. Because I think a year ago at this time, we might have been saying they were the best division in football. The NFC West. The Cardinals are a dumpster fire. Not sure when Kyler's going to be able to be healthy or playing. What are the Rams doing? Stafford? Is, is Stetson Bennett going to be their quarterback? Do we really trust that Geno Smith is good for the Seahawks? I mean, San Francisco's obviously good. But the others, pretty bad out in the NFC West, which is crazy to say, from just where they were a year or two ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that's where I go with the worst. I think, you know, Yeah, I totally agree. NFC South is a guaranteed worst yeah, to me. There's not just, much discussion on that one. That's oh, my pretty, gosh. Your, quarterback, your quarterbacks are Desmond Ritter, a rookie Bryce Young, Derek Carr, and Baker, who, can't, who can barely beat out Kyle Trask if he can. Yeesh. That's a, a recipe for a. I mean, eight and nine was the winner last year with Tampa. I'd say eight wins look pretty good in that division right about now. Mm-hmm. All right, then the last thing you mentioned about Dak and and dude, 
the hate for Dak Prescott around the country is off the charts. And it comes with the territory. Anybody that thinks that the Dallas Cowboys aren't still America's team or the most valuable franchise in, in sports or the most looked-upon team, and then give me a break. LaShawn McCoy talking about how he played with so-and-so and so-and-so and nobody disrespected and nobody would 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 throw a ball at the quarterback. Meanwhile, he mentioned Josh Allen or how Josh Allen threw a ball at, at, at one of the defenders with Dak and, and uh, Trayvon Diggs getting into it the other day at practice. It's and and then of course nobody. You see a couple of interceptions, one of which hit the receiver in the hands, popped right up into the defensive back's belly. Oh, he's thrown three interceptions in camp. Who cares? Not to mention the fact that if you're going to start keeping track of stats, he's also thrown thirteen touchdowns. So four to one touchdown interception ratio. I think everybody would take. It's the same overreaction of when a rookie is having a heyday in it camp. Is. I mean, it's just it's just crazy. They're ready to mint this person a tier one quarterback, and it's it's the same overreaction. Uh, a guy like Dak, any guy that's any guy that's throwing a football for Dallas, it's the same thing that they did to Tony Romo. <laughs> that's it's exactly exact what I was. It's same so thing. true because he, he Romo went and broke records. He has been. They have the the media the 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 national media and even even locally had pigeonholed him just like they did Tony Romo whereas the only way he can be an acceptable uh, an acceptable NFL quarterback is to win a Super Bowl mm-hmm. nobody else is held to that standard nobody and you're you're I'm so glad you saw you thought of it the way that I did going back to Romo because it was the exact same thing and so this is going to be important and one of the hardest seasons in Dak Prescott's career because you look at the way the last two seasons have ended, it's it just a comical last plays. The quarterback sneak that they couldn't get a, a last shot at the, field, uh, at the touchdown off because the time expired against the 49ers two years ago. Whatever the hell that was trying to do a bunch of <laughs> I don't even know what that was last year uh, once again against the 49ers this is going to this is going to be the hardest season of Dak Prescott's career because it is going to be the most scrutiny and the most negative scrutiny that he's ever ever been on is it unfair hell yes it is but that's the territory of being the quarterback of the team with the star on their helmet Yes, it is. And I'm sure, and I, we'll, and I it, think he knows that. Oh, I do too. I don't. You don't hear see him making comments against that fact, or like, "Why me? Why me?" Oh no, he's, he's. I think he's kind of embraced it. Like, this is the territory. I'm the Dallas Cowboy QB one. I gotta be. I gotta take this. One thing concerns me about it, and I'll tell you when we come back next. Okay. And also a question on the text line about the NFL. It's almost here. In motion is Patton. It's going to be that trap play to Garbarino up the middle. That's a 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 45, 40, 35, 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Big Elks. Cooper Garbarino, 
77 yards. We're closing in on the start of Big Elk football, which means Big Elk TV will be on the air before you know it. Wynn and Garza are the running backs. Jones under center. Austin, snap, turn, hand off to win. Jaden piles toward. It's a touchdown for the Big Elks. You'll be able to watch and see if Coach Maynard's brown and white clad Elks can continue their winning ways. Snap back, play action, lobs it toward the end zone. He's got a man. It's a touchdown for the Big Elks. Tucker Garza. To get your business on the Big Elk TV screen, call 225-9696 or stop by our office at 220 South Pioneer. The Skinny on Sports. Now we're back! Welcome back. Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the sports animal. The one thing that concerns me with Dak is if you listen to C.D. Lamb the other day, talking about the offense and the new, of course, Mike McCarthy calling the plays with Schottenheimer there to help and, and this and that. CD mentioned that while all that may be true, the whole offense is really on Dak at the line of scrimmage, getting the Cowboys, I mean, essentially calling the game from the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. And I hope that that doesn't, in his mind, mean – I'm going to prove these guys wrong. Watch this. I'm throwing it every down. Calling an audible, basically. It, if it's a, up that's right. The line. That's right. And always changing it to pass plays and not run plays. Because I think the Cowboys and Dak especially are so much more effective. And, and this is true for most any quarterback. This isn't like brain surgery or reinventing the wheel or anything like that. But – Quarterbacks are way more effective with a quality run game. Everything kind of spins off of it. You heard Coach Maynard say that yesterday. Yeah. High school football, and I, and I don't think it's limited to high school football. But if you can't run the football in high school, you can't win. I, I think that's true in all aspects of football. It may not be to a, the great extent that it used to be, but it's still the truth. Think about in an NFL game, how many times – Regular season, playoffs, it doesn't matter. How many times does is a team up, say, four points, a team up three points, two points, or even a touchdown, or even a single point? And they get the ball with two and a half minutes left on their own 20, and the other team has enough timeouts to get the ball back with enough time to, to do something about it. And how many times does that team win or lose the game by running the football? Every single time. It happens a handful of times a week across the league. You, ha- you may not have to have the most highest paid running back or, and all that, but you have to run the football or have the ability to run the football when the other team knows you want to run the football. It still comes down to that in the, in the NFL. Week after week after week. Question on the text line. Are the Detroit Lions for real? Man. I don't know. Let's watch. uh, Let's wait and see. I don't know. 
kind of had that same question. There's a lot of optimism about them last year, and they didn't pan out. Yeah, but they were way better than they have been. Yeah. Their offense was fantastic. You know who's? I'll just tell you, I wouldn't bet money on them by any means. What do you think? I think they're pretty good. They have to improve on defense. Jared Goff had a, a great year. Which I love that for him. And he's got weapons all around. Amon Ross St. Brown came out of nowhere. Now he's uh, – can Jamison Williams stay out of trouble enough to help him? Seems like he's kind of having a rocky camp from an attitude standpoint, coming off that knee injury. Guy, I mean, he was great last time we saw him in, in, at Bama. You know, if he I can mean, if, if he can help, that's just another weapon, and and then just improve defensively. If this is a year to contend for the North, this could be the year. It seems a little bit more wide open. Well, what are the Packers going to be? I don't know. I've heard rumblings already conceding the fact that it might be a five hundred or below five hundred type season. Do you trust the Bears? Never do. And then the Vikings. Here's here's the th- here's the problem with the Vikings. Those one-score wins have to even out. <laughs> they have to. And so if they do that this year, instead of winning like eight games or nine – it was nine or ten, wasn't it, by one score? Something like that. You just go 50-50 in those, and all of a sudden, you know what, 13-4, and four, you're down to eight and nine. Instead of winning them all, you all just right. win half of them. So Detroit is – They're definitely – and I don't mean a wild card playoff team. I mean they're a wild card. Like I, I don't. Mm-hmm. Again, I wouldn't bet on them. But it'd be a great story if they go and and do something good this season because it's been so long since they have. I think they'll be a kind of a chic pick to win the North. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if it's because people think they're going to be good, or if they're just kind of the the darlings the, or the best of bad options. Right. Right. All right, Florida State. Goodness. The whining out of Tallahassee yesterday was off the charts. Uh, You had Drew Weatherford, a former quarterback turned board of trustee. I remember him. Yeah, I remember that name for sure in the recruiting, more from a recruiting standpoint than what he did at Florida State, to be Mm -hmm. honest with you. But for him, board of trustee talking about how it's it's not if, it's when and how Florida State gets out of the ACC. The president of the university speaking to the board of trustees said that in order for them to stay, the ACC was going to have to pay them more money, essentially. Give them a better deal above everybody else in the conference because they're the ones that attract the TV money. ACC has already done this once, incentivizing bowl and college basketball performance now they want them to do it with the tv numbers and if they and if they can't if they don't florida state's leaving well here's my question to those people how do you think you're going to leave yeah your grant of rights extends through 2036 so in 2016 the ACC and ESPN cut a deal for 20 years, which spawned the ACC network and then also, obviously, the media rights package all through. Shockingly enough, in this fast-paced world we live in, 
that deal seven years later looks nearly obsolete and it's still got 13 more on it. Is there anything they can do other than stomp their feet and whine like children? I just don't know. A litigation immediately comes to mind or a lawsuit or something to try to get out of this and drive the price down uh, for them to sign a check to walk away. But that just seems, I mean, going to court for all this, that just could be, the ACC would just assume draw this out as long as possible to bleed Florida State. There's nothing they can do. I don't think there is either because, okay, yeah, you can pay an exit fee. Let's just say. Yeah, is there such a thing? In, uh, let's let's say the exit fee would be fifty million. Here's the problem: that doesn't cut your ties with the grant of rights. So as soon as they exit, the ACC sues them. Mm-hmm. I mean, seconds after this happens. And what happens? Let's say it lasts six, seven years. Okay. Florida State pays a fifty million dollar exit fee. Heads to the SEC, heads to the Big Ten, wherever, in which they knock down, let's say, sixty million bucks a year from their TV rights deal. They get to keep that right now. But what happens in seven years when they lose that case? I'll tell you what happens. If they're making sixty million a year for those seven years, they owe the ACC four hundred and twenty million dollars. That ain't happening. No. That, that's that will that's bankrupt the university stuff. So here, you know, you know how you change this, Florida State. I'll tell you how. Don't be an idiot and sign a twenty-year media rights deal. That's the only way this could change. Is what you did in the past because right now it looks for all intents and purposes like they are stuck until those numbers come down to a manageable fee which is a decade away here's what's crazy i heard the guys talking about this on the drive-in we all so the big 12 deal starts in 2025 the one they just struck That'll pay the schools $31.7 million a piece. And that and that doesn't matter if it's 12, if it's 14, up to 16 teams. That number is set in stone. And so, you know, with OU Texas leaving, that knocks the Big 12 down to 12. Mm-hmm. Then you then but the conversation from there doesn't have anything to do with okay, who adds value? The value is already set, no matter who it is. So Colorado knows they're getting $31.7 million baseline to start this deal any other three that join know that and and that's just in the contract there's nothing you can do about it that's where it's at and then goes that deal runs through 2031 so the big 12 will have one more bite at the apple guaranteed before the acc comes due big 10 sec same situation now here's the interesting thing and this will suck if you're a Florida State fan, Clemson, whoever in the ACC. The Big 12, the SEC, and the Big 10 could then structure the next deal to expire in 2036, allowing them to then have another bite at the apple 
possibly ahead of the ACC if they're all coming due the same year. So all three of those conferences could possibly have three TV deals, three brand new or two brand new ones and the one that was running before the ACC gets another chance at renegotiating their own in 2036. Now you see, when you, when you think of it like that, you see why Florida State is, is groveling like children. Because they know, think about how far behind you get monetarily if the other three conferences get to have another yeah. renegotiation before you do. <laughs> They've already done it once. Yes. They all just did it. And there's a chance that when, so they're, they're, gonna, they're definitely did it this time. There is three. This one, the next one in twenty, the, that's gonna, the one they're currently on, the one they just negotiated. When it ends, that'll be two, and then if they want to make that period shorter, they'd get another chance. While the ACC's stuck, <laughs> I don't know what they're going to do. No, nah. I mean you said it stuck. They're, they're stuck there. The one thing that we've it. seen in all of this is there is one ironclad issue that cannot be broken. And that has been the grant of rights. That grant of rights has been ironclad. It, it is, I mean, right. do we, are we really, are we really supposed to sit here and listen to these Florida state people acting like, oh, they're going to be gone tomorrow? Do you, do you honestly think that Florida State has these magic wizard lawyers and all this money to do things that Texas didn't? That's a good point. Really? Yeah. Because the SEC move was announced in 2021 by OU in Texas. You don't think they wouldn't already be there if there was a legal way to do that? There's a lawyer on their field, for God's sake. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You would think that Texas, above anybody else out there, has done their due diligence in how to break this and could not find a way with the grant of rights. It's just there's nothing you can do about it. Because if you have money and if you have influence and if you have – that is Texas. And they couldn't figure out how to do it. They had to just bide their time until it, it made financial sense. And that's what Florida State's is going to learn. And oh, meanwhile, back at the ranch, you know who's as Florida State is whining and stomping their feet about all this. You know who's right behind them, going, um, "We're even better at that than you are." Clemson, exactly. <laughs> I mean, they're doing all this, and you know, obviously the deal sucks, and they don't they want don't want no part of it, but. Are they overvaluing their worth, thinking, well, we, we really should be in the SEC. The SEC wants us. Meanwhile, SEC is going, actually, we want the team in orange. Maybe. I, I, I just I, I do think you get to a certain level, and we've got to be getting close to this because, oh, by the way, ESPN's having huge financial issues Absolutely. as well. And so I wonder if it does get to like a bubble. I mean, are we at the end of the bubble here, and then it's just going to burst if it gets any bigger from a conference? I mean, at what point does value continue to be added, or do you get to, okay, this is just how much money there is, 
And if you want to add more teams, you're going to have to split it up in shorter pieces of pie. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know where the, mo- where the money comes from. I don't know how, if it's an endless supply or if, or if we find a cap at some point to where it doesn't make financial sense to just keep on growing. Or we might be – are we headed for – and I, this is just geographically where the – where the major power brokers in college football reside, are we headed for North versus South? Two mega conferences, a la the NFL, the AFC and the NFC, the North and the South. Is that where we're headed? Because as as cool as what the Big 12 has done to continue to to remain relevant and, and be very proactive is it all for naught eventually when the Big 12 gets poached? Uh, you know, who couldn't see eight teams from the Big 12 joining the SEC? Those Pac 12 schools that are left over that have some value. I don't know, Virginia, North Carolina, Florida State, Clemson. Uh, you know, go north to the Big 10. You know, are we, are we headed for two major, major conferences? And that's it. And you know, I never thought about two major ones. I thought like four mega similar size super conferences, like four sixteens. That's always made sense to me. Four sixteen team conferences, but that's it's hard to see that now. It is. I did. I finally saw somebody that had a similar idea that I had. What if it's two? 20 team conferences. And then one with everybody else. And the the, uh, the relegation. relegation. Yes, model. I saw that last night. It's like, yes. And so when you get relegated, you, you go down like, so the two 20 team conferences, the North and the South, let's call them the Big Ten and the SEC, they have a certain level of TV deal for all their teams. Then this other conference, with everybody else in it, has a, has a lower level of media rights for their teams. And so two from the north, two from the south gets relegated, relegated down. Four teams pop up. And as they go down, if you go down, you make less money. If you go up, you get more money. More money, yeah. I think you, that'd be pretty cool. You it's earn pretty your good. keep. That's you, right. You win your keep, yeah. But I finally had kind of seen that. Can't believe it took this long for someone to – Realize the brilliance. (laughs) To wake up. (laughs) Somebody to wake up and realize. Yeah. It's a great idea. (laughs) When we come back, we're going to use the position you tomorrow. Talk about Western Oklahoma Realty College Pick'em and baseball. Finish out of Thursday on the Skinny on Sports. It's almost here. In motion is Patton. It's going to be that trap play to Garbarino up the middle. That's a 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 45, 40, 35, 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown! Big outs! Cooper Garbarino, 77 yards. We're closing in on the start of Big Elk football, which means Big Elk TV will be on the air before you know it. Wynn and Garza are the running backs. Jones under center. 
Austin, snap, turn, handoff to win. Jaden piles toward. It's a touchdown for the Big Elks. You'll be able to watch and see if Coach Maynard's brown and white clad Elks can continue their winning ways. Snap back, play action, lobs it toward the end zone. He's got a man. It's a touchdown for the Big Elks. Tucker Garza. To get your business on the Big Elk TV screen, call 225-9696 or stop by our office at 220 South Pioneer. The Skinny on Sports. Welcome back. Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the Sports Animal. Final segment of a Thursday. We'll start out with the Western Oklahoma Realty College Pick'em Contest. We did this last year using the ESPN website. It was a blast. Uh, It's a season-long picks contest against the spread. Okay? So they give you 10 games each week. You pick them against the against the number, and uh, at the end of the year, somebody's going to win. Last year, it was uh, Robin, the one of the eye doctors here in town. Okay, and her prize was an awesome prize: a trip to Simon's Catch. Not bad. It's a great prize. Pretty good. The prize pack has been. We're going to have to test it for PEDs. And I can already tell you the test is positive for PEDs with how it's grown over the last year. So we have a listener that at the end of the season was like, "Man, I want to, uh, I want to, I want to step up the game of the Pick'em next year." It's like, okay, what are you thinking? Well, how about uh, how about if I just put five hundred dollars cash in the pot? Boom. Okay, that number is eight hundred dollars. So we have $800 prize pack for the Western Oklahoma Realty College Pick'em Contest. Here, so I, I, I talked to Tyler. Like, how do you want to do this? Is it just one person gets 800 or want to keep everybody else? You know, if somebody just gets out to a big old lead, <clears throat> is that a way to – do we need to incentivize everybody to keep going? And he's like, yeah, I think we need to make sure it goes the whole year. And so here is how it's going to break down. The winner will receive half of the pot, 400 bucks. Oh, by the way, it costs you nothing to play. Did I forget that part? Nothing. So 400 to the winner, 200 to second, 100 bucks to third, and then he came up with this one, and it's brilliant. Because we've talked about this, it's just as hard to get them all right or get them all wrong as it is to get them all right. It's it, you can try to miss them all, and it's You're just right. as hard. So, there's also a hundred dollar prize to the person that gets last place in the pick'em contest. But you have to pick every game, so you can't just sign up, go over, and expect a hundo. Yeah. You have to pick every game throughout the year. But if you do that, and you're the worst. It's like tanking for Caleb Williams. You get a hundred bucks. Nah, yeah, no, you got to pick them. So that is going to be the prize package for the Western Oklahoma Realty College pick them. Four hundred for first, two hundred for second, a hundred for third, and a hundred for last place. That picks every game. How do you get signed up? Well, there's a link to our group to the contest on the Skinny on Sports Facebook page. I put it on there a couple of different times. We will continue to do that to make it as easy as possible to sign up. That way, you copy the link, put it in a post on the Facebook page. I share it up on my personal page as well. 
Just click that. It takes you right to our group. Picks start the 2nd of September, so that Saturday of Labor Day weekend, the official start of college football is when they'll go, and they'll go clear through the national championship game, right? No, 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 no. It goes the regular season. Where the where the champion? I think the I think, I think the conference champ- championship. Conference champs, that's right. Yes. Because then it goes to the bowl one. That's right. And so I think it runs clear. Well, here it is. Twelve three. I've got it right here in front of me. Just look up, stupid. Twelve three, which is that conference championship weekend. So first weekend through the last weekend before bowl and playoffs start. It's going to be a blast. It was last year. So much fun. Yeah. And and I love the added element of being able to poke fun at who's being doing terrible yet them having a chance to win. Right. Yeah, who's really the loser? Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> you know who the loser is? The one that gets one more right than the loser. <laughs> the loser is actually a winner. <laughs> now it's going to be a blast. So everybody get involved. Western Oklahoma Realty College pick them. I've got the links on the on the Facebook page, Kenny on Sports Facebook page. Just sign up. Free to play. Four hundo to the winner and other prizes, the two hundred and a hundred apiece down the line. Okay, Jared, baseball. We've tr- we passed the trade deadline. We passed the All Star break into the dog days of summer through the month of August. When you look at the standings right now, with what fifty ish games to play, fifty five games to play, something like that, depending on you know where your team is. What team? that isn't leading their division at this point in the season, do you think has the best chance to be a division winner? Well, I think the majority of the answers will be Houston. Um, They've come on hot. They've gotten healthier. They got Verlander. I I think, uh, but, and I might be a little optimistic and wearing my Texas shirt here with what Texas got at almost, I mean, it's going to be fun. Don't get me wrong. AOS is going to be fun. But once Texas gets healthier, you saw clear evidence of that yesterday when Corey Seager came back first at bat, two-run home run. They win 11-1. to one. Uh, When Corey Heim gets back, which won't be until maybe late this month, and if he's 100% healthy can, and can produce what he has been doing, and uh, when Young kind of gets out of this little slump and if you always have Garcia in your lineup, you're going to be good. I think Texas can still hold on here, but my answer to that would be Tampa Bay. Uh, Baltimore is an awesome story, um, but Tampa Bay, I think, is too good not to win the East. I think they can catch Baltimore. They're just a game and a half back right now as we speak. Uh, a lot of a lot of games left. So my, my answer would be Tampa Bay, not in first right now, but will be uh, division champs. My answer it hurts. It hurts my heart because it means that my Brewers get leapfrogged. Well, you're going all the way to a third place team. I am, and and it's probably a little bit prisoner of the moment with the 36 runs over the last two days, but it's really not. And I'm going to say it's the Cubbies, and here's why. The Cubs are only two games back in the loss column from Cincinnati and from Milwaukee. And they're the hottest team in the division right now, obviously, 8-2 and two over the last 10. But it's the number 
at least in the standings I'm looking at, third from the right. And that is the run differential, the season-long run differential. The Cincinnati Reds are minus 17 for the year and are eight games above 500. The Milwaukee Brewers are 15 runs to the negative and are seven games above 500. Chicago is the only team in the division with a plus run differential, and they're a plus 77. And they're only two games above 500. Now, could that mean that they're not beating any of the good teams and just pounding the hell out of the bad teams? It can. But Cincinnati is a pretty good team. Cincinnati is leading the division. And they just put 36 on them in two. So just purely because of the massive difference in the run differential so far this season and the fact that they're only two games back in the loss column, even though there are there are two more teams up there, unlike you know Tampa trying to reel in only the, only the Orioles. I'll go with the Cubbies because that number just jumps off the page at you, right? When you look down through here, they're the they're, they've, they seem like they've been the best team. They just haven't got the results in the in the uh, standings yet. Mm-hmm. So that's where I'd go. Now, is there a team that's in first place currently that you would worry misses out completely? Wild card division and just isn't in the playoffs. Right now, the Twins. It, it, that's the only choice, right? It has to be because they are the first place team with the least amount of wins at fifty-five wins. So if they drop into second, yeah, and you know, then there's a team. You know, Houston's going to be. They have sixty-two wins and they're in second place. Yeah, so just by math, I'd say Minnesota. If, if they're two games in front of Cleveland. If they give that up and drop the second, so anybody in the second, whoever falls second, but yeah, Minnesota, Minnesota. It, it has to be because there's eight teams in the American League that have fewer losses than the Twins. Right now, mm-hmm. the entirety of the American League East, everybody in the West but Oakland, and so there's only one team in the playoffs out of the Central of the in the American League, and it's going to be whoever wins, and they only have a two game lead. That's that's the obvious answer. Because even at the top of the Central in the in the National League, they're still right there. If they were to drop, you know, either Cincinnati or, or Milwaukee or the Cubs, they're still going to be in the running for the wild card. AL Central, they're not even – they're nowhere near in the running for the wild card. So that's where that's got to be, the, the, the Twins, for sure. All right, good show. Good stuff, and we'll overreact to a Hall of Fame game tomorrow. <laughs> Garrison Financial Friday tomorrow. I hope Scotty G here because is here. I have some unbelievable financial numbers that will make his day. What are those? Tune in tomorrow to find out. This has been the Skinny on Sports right here on the Sports Animal. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cowell. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered.